0: Let's dive into today's topic. And we are back. It has been several months, Tyler, since we've done a book club podcast. Gosh, yeah. Oh, since before the holidays, well before the well holidays. Well before the holidays. Yeah, yeah. I can't even remember our last book, but I'm glad to have you back. Yeah, good to be here. We are going to do a discussion on The Culture Code by Daniel Coyle. And yes. I love this book. It's a great book. Yeah, full disclosure, love this book. <laughs> <laughs> um, you loved it too, I think. Um, yeah. We had a discussion as a team with the Zenium team, as we usually do with books, and I think the majority of people love this book as well. A couple like, eh, but Yeah, I mean it, it, I think with any business book or any
1: type of, you know, improvement book, you know, there can be some tedious point, points of it, you know, it seemed repetitious at times, yeah. but overall I thought it was it was a great book. I loved the way that they he infused a lot of these um, you know, anecdotal experiences and yeah. to, you know what his
0: it kind is of- i feel like it was relatable there's a lot of good stories about workplaces right. and it even stretches beyond workplace well just workplaces that w- don't necessarily re- relate to us but you can see it at a different level like they talked about the san antonio spurs the, ba- right. the nba basketball team and right. that was kind of i mean still an organization yeah still a culture yep a uh, group of people uh but it, most of us you know who are listening to this podcast can't relate to that but there it's still people exactly yeah yeah so what would you say like is the thesis of this book if you kind of like packaged it up together and said like this book is about x i think it's in in my opinion it's about
1: connections and kind of defining who you are as an organization and how you include and connect to your employees Mm -hmm. on multiple levels yeah. Um, and I think he goes over that with you know the three stages that he he talks about in the book. Yeah, um, yeah that's what I would you know. It's it's all about connections and mm-hmm. belonging. He mentioned belonging cues, which I think are are key, and that's he uses that throughout the book.
0: I think that's a good way to put it. So the the book really covers three pillars, if you will. I think he calls them skills, and in this, so it covers. The first skill, build safety. So building uh, a safe organization, a safe space for people to bring them whole selves to work. Skill number two is share vulnerability. Mm -hmm. That's pretty intuitive there. And then skill three, establish purpose. So I I think for this podcast, we should kind of talk about each of those pillars because the book, there are so many great stories, anecdotes about each of those areas. And I think that would be a good place to start for us. So building safety, I think there is this story I absolutely loved uh, where they talked about there was a competition between NBA, let's say NBA business people where they put them in groups together. Very smart on paper, uh, academics. And then they had them against kindergartners. And their objective was to take, I think it was marshmallows and toothpicks and things like that to build. I think what was it spaghetti okay yeah, so it was something yeah, with yeah. like food and whatever and they had to build this like structure of some sort and what they found in the in the studies was that the kindergartners would most of the time win i think or maybe all the time win yep. and i think from the conclusion of that was that uh, especially with a academic observers they would look and see that the kids would talk in short bursts they would um, fail really fast and then make changes and what else did like do you remember yeah from yeah study? so i
1: mean it's i think with them that they, they noticed too is not there wasn't really an ass, essence like a, a leader per se that was kind of taking charge they were all kind of working in tandem together yeah. you know shared start, purpose Shared purpose. they were failing together and they weren't they were it was quick it was a quick turn they they fail they get they, they try to improve and it was it was that way. whereas in the other groups with the mbas and you know the engineers they you know they usually someone was just trying to kind of forcefully kind of establishing as kind of a leader which yes. can kind of you know make the team you know not function as <laughs> as well as it could
0: right well it's funny because like if you're a, a leader by title right then naturally you want to take charge um and i think like with the the those nba type people the academics they they would probably um want to take charge or say like well i'm i'm qualified so therefore like i should be able to figure this out well then maybe the team isn't as cohesive as it is because they have a bunch of star players together it's almost like a bunch you know like a nba basketball team if you had like all superstars on one team like that could be a disaster right because everybody wants to shine exactly whereas these kindergartners they're they're all just team players and they're all trying to work together and so they end up solving it faster exactly yeah, yeah. it is
1: really just that that shared purpose that shared drive to com- to complete something that they were tasked with whereas you know the MBAs and everything it's like oh this is more like a competition I need to I need to be you know leadership position because that's what my title is I need to kind of delegate tasks which weren't really yeah wouldn't really serve the purpose of the team that
0: that's that experiment it actually reminded me of the time and you've done one of these escape room yes so I read this book and then I did the escape room and I didn't notice it at the time but in reflection of like when we failed (laughs) getting (laughs) out of the escape room I I realized I'm like, okay, so we did it as a team, and you know I got my boss there, we got our president there, and it's like, you know, you wanted def- to you wanted to defer to them because you know they're the the right. vocal yeah. ones, the leaders, and but in actuality, you're better off if you if you all talk and communicate and work together. And it's a safe environment for everybody to speak up, even at the lowest levels versus just defaulting to like, there's the leader, we're going to just look to them. Because you can't accomplish it fast enough. You can't get out of the escape room or, or accomplish a project or a task if nobody's if everybody isn't speaking and working together, right? Yeah,
1: no, exactly. Yeah. It's, you you need to have that, that connection established with, and as we'll mention, maybe we'll bring it up in the later ones with, you know, essentially like the Navy SEALs, you know, how they have that intuitive kind of connection together as a team, but you really, yeah, you can't really turn to someone because they're in a leadership position and assume that they're just going to start, you know, guiding you in the right direction. It all needs to be Flowing through a cohesive whole mm-hmm. and not just individual purpose. Yeah. I think that's kind of like the, the establishment of that 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 uh, training exercise with the marshmallows.
0: Mm-hmm. Kind of. I thought there were some really good descriptors in here. So um, I think when Daniel Coyle was doing studies for the book, he would go in and, and look at organizations who were really successful, and he would look and and say, "Well, these are the safe organizations, and here's what they look like." They describe their group as a family. They're close in proximity. So maybe like dust together, Mm -hmm. open office environment. Lots of eye contact, physical touch, lots of short energetic exchanges. Everybody talks to everyone. Few interruptions, lots of questions, active listening, humor, laughter, and courtesies. Like please and thank you. Yeah. So I thought that those were interesting. Like, so a safe environment, solid culture, those are some of the attributes yeah i loved
1: it i, I did i i especially like the proximity notion because it's like especially if you're in a, a desk that's you know far away from another team member or another person on a team it's hard to build that kind of connection with them when you're you know far away. i mean we do have tools that are disposal like like you know email and and you know new like slack and, mm-hmm. and teams and stuff like that but that's not face-to-face that's not eye contact that's not you know, being really almost personal with them and kind of working together. So I think the proximity thing, I definitely think that there's some, there's something there and it goes back to the Navy SEALs and it goes back to, um, you know, the pilots and everything that, you know, they're close proximity together. They're, they've been with each other for a long time. Yeah. That's how they build those kind of intuitive type of responses. Mm-hmm which Mm -hmm. are key for teams to succeed.
0: There's one more anecdote and story I want to talk about on the the safety part of it before we move on. Uh, And of course I got to get this in there. So I, I love the NBA. And uh, Greg Popovich is a well-known, highly respected coach in the NBA. Uh, San Antonio Spurs is who he's the coach of. And it probably goes well beyond Greg Popovich and his ability to lead uh, their GM, their ownership, all that. But they know what kind of culture they want. And so when they're looking for talent um, in the draft or or maybe in trades or free agency, they have basically an assessment and there's a checkbox that says, spur or not a spur and if they check the box that says not a spur no matter how talented that person is they will always pass on that right how interesting is that i thought that was fascinating yeah i i especially knowing that
1: maybe these these players are you know just superstars and can can game change if they don't if they're not part of that or if they don't feel like they're a part of that that family, the Spurs family, then they're not going to even give them the time of day. They you know say we'll move Absolutely. on to someone else. But um, I thought that was it's a very interesting approach, especially you know with these nowadays with the super teams coming around it's and crazy. everybody's just buying up you know superstars. Totally, the Spurs are focused on let's establish our our group, our family yeah. as a whole, and it and it's reinforced in the in the stories with Greg Popovich, seeing how he builds connections with with his uh, players and other people in the organization. He brings articles circled with, you know, uh, f- like little stories from their hometown and, yeah. and, and ask them about that. That's all that that safety, that inclusiveness I love that. that he's trying to build and, you know, make them feel like they're a part of, you know, something bigger than just a basketball team.
0: I, I love that part because um, them, you know, the NBA is becoming... In a lot of our organizations, is we're not off limits to of this. We're becoming, uh, where we have people from all over the world coming to work for us. In the Spurs, they have people from from Europe. There's from Turkey and Argentina yeah. and yes. Africa and all these places where these very talented basketball players will come into America to play in the NBA. It's yep. the dream, right? And so your point about he'll bring up these stories and and probably do little history lessons with the team. Mm-hmm to make sure everybody's connected to each other and then to the overall purpose of the organization. And I thought that was a beautiful illustration because if he didn't do that, how quickly would it fall apart? I mean, these people speak different languages for the most part. And if they weren't a part of that shared purpose, it would easily fall apart because these people they just want to be the best basketball player and make as much money as possible. And like what shared purpose exactly? And it,
1: it, Cause it, it transcends just, you know, we're playing basketball, at least in Greg Popovich's mind, or, you know, he had, you know, the daily briefings before trainings or, or matches, or he would ask them just general questions about, you know, you know, politics or yeah. movies, food, you know, he just asked them this random things and what their, what their uh, thoughts are on those. And he's just trying to build these connections at a deeper level than just I'm a point guard. I'm going to pass it to a shooting guard, or or what have you. In terms of you know basketball structure, it's more like we're individuals as part of a you know, a family, and we want to get to know each other on a deeper level. And that's how he views would be you know making a, a better team,
0: yeah, a better yep.
1: group, and organization.
0: Absolutely. There was a an example later on in the book of a. Uh, this is actually switching to baseball. Uh, the Chicago Cubs coach Joe Madden, he would if like a player screwed up or made a bad choice or whatever, he would um, make it a point. So he'd have like this big fishbowl mm-hmm. full of very expensive wines in right. labels. Yep. And so if a player screwed up or there's a miscommunication or something where there needed to be a teaching lesson, they would he'd make a player go take out a a, a slip of paper. And it would have a very expensive bottle and they would, the player would be required to go buy that bottle and then come in to, to see the coach and open up the bottle and have a conversation. Yeah. Like that, that was beautiful. Like a coach or a leader for any matter, they could scream and yell and and chastise and like do all these things to say like you were wrong there but instead he's inviting exactly somebody to have a conversation to like say like how do we go forward and fix this like yep that's safety right there yeah exactly
1: opinion. and he's he's doing it through you know kind of a unconventional kind of relaxed atmosphere saying let's have a conversation to understand what what was the misses here and yeah. where, where can we improve and he got some good wine out of it. So
0: I think yeah. he, made, I like that. he made out with that one. <laughs> love of the wine. <laughs> Let's move on to vulnerability. So I I love this topic. Uh, you know, obviously, Brene Brown's got some amazing work on right. vulnerability. Mm-hmm. But we hear it in leadership books all the time is that, and uh, there's a quote in the book that says, vulnerability precedes trust. Uh, what do you think about that statement? I think
1: it's absolutely right. I yeah. think when you're vulnerable, you're welcoming others to say, hey, you know, i i don't know what i'm doing i don't know they don't know this yeah i need some help um and that it's inviting people to come in there and try to give you know their their, their advice or help them out when they need to and that builds trust that builds that that yeah. kind of basic kind of fundamental trust level that i think all
0: leadership yeah. needs okay so on that note do you remember that story about the 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 plane going down right yeah Do you, can you tell that story right that so, was a crazy uh, illustration for the vulnerability there right? was a uh a united
1: flight back in the late 80s um that experienced something that was never that never happened in, in yeah, like aviation engine, engine went yeah. down or something they, they, all, they all lost full like hydraulics yeah. they lost all control of the plane and they weren't, there wasn't even anything to prepare for this in like, you know, Sims or, <laughs> no or like training, is. because this is like, this is a hundred percent that you can't recover from this. Yeah. yeah. So it's a complete failure, of the, complete failure yeah, of the plane. It's complete failure the It's going down. It's going down and there's no way to recover. So we have, a, um, pilots that are experienced this, um, on the, on the flight and, you know, they they resort to they. It's almost like an automatic. They start resorting to this this short bursts of conversation to try to try to establish what's going on and what can they can what they can do. And also, there just happened to be a a pilot like a training a pilot, trainer, trainer. Yeah, 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 in the in the in the first class, and and he, uh, you know, asked if he could go up there and if he can give any help, and the captain who is, you know, you know, the captain, you associate that title yep. with, you know, I'm leading this, I'm, I'm leading this. Plane. I'm the captain I'm, now. the captain. I'm the captain. <laughs> I'm the <laughs> captain. I'm the highest form of responsibility here. Uh, he goes to the captain and says, what what do you need? What do you need from me? The captain turns to the the, the trainer and says, what 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 I what, what can you do? What can you help with? You know, let me, you know, any suggestion I'm welcome to. So mm-hmm. he kind of, he kind of resorted to this, even though I am in this position of, this is this, I'm the captain of this, of this airline, um, of this uh, airplane. I, I, I'm vulnerable enough to seek help from others. Yeah. And he put himself, especially in a, in a, in a crisis situation like they were in, um, he kind of, you know, let that vulnerability kind of show and say, Hey, any, any suggestions, you know, let's, let's work yeah. on it together.
0: Well, they showed some of the transcript for, from that, from yeah. the, from the cockpit and it, it was interesting. Maybe they just pull out a snippet, but it was like these very short bursts of like, okay, there's one thing. Oh no, it's, it just didn't work. And then like, and then somebody would respond and it's like, no, I, I don't got it. Or I don't know what I'm doing. And so they just continue to communicate really fast. And then they were able to somehow keep the, what well, they, the plane went down, but mm, only right. a few people died versus like catastrophic, like, yeah. And it,
1: it, it, it uh, yeah uh, there it, there was a lot of loss of life on the on the plane but you know a lot, a lot of people you know owe their lives to these these yeah pilots and who are trying to get in, a, in an impossible situation to get this plane not only to a, an appropriate airfield yeah. but to, to land it in a way that would minimize casualty mm-hmm. and they did the rep, you know they did the sims 28 other times and each time they didn't even make it to the to the yeah, airfield crazy. so i mean insane this but it was so the, these micro these micro speak yeah like his micro talk back and forth was what and this this you know perceived uh, vulnerability where i am we're just, we need to work on this together yep. no one's taking the point on this we're all working as a team yep. that was kind of could what could
0: you imagine what would have happened if that captain would have said i'm the captain i'm making all decisions and then the other two just stayed silent
1: Right. Yeah. Nothing would have happened. They wouldn't
0: have worked together. they like, they wouldn't have came up with random ideas that could have saved them. Yep. And I think that's the risk is that everything's top down. Uh, Leadership's not vulnerable because then what if you like, you basically shut out your contributors, your lower level employees from great ideas that could save the business or the organization or, yep. Everybody's got good decision making. And if, if you're not a leader who says, I don't, I don't know the answer. Exactly. I don't know what I'm doing. Can you help? And I think it's just it's just that
1: that kind of response. Like I don't know. I mean, that's okay. It's it's okay not to know everything. No one's saying you you're you know omniscient in in whatever you know field you're in. But that to have that vulnerability, say, hey, I don't know. I I could. What are, what are your suggestions? Or mm-hmm. what could we do to kind of find this out? Or you know seek help in a way from a leader that's that that builds that trust from you know people who report to him or and just general people in the in the organization that see this leader as, we he's strong he's a strong leader but also he knows when he needs help or yep. she needs help so yep. it's great
0: let's let's end the podcast by talking about purpose we talk a lot about purpose on the podcast but i don't think we could ever say it enough because if there's no shared goal with organizations then it's hard to align people to it right. and it's hard to for one, retain and attract the people because if you are unclear about what the purpose is, I mean like that's that's one of the first steps there. There's a great line in here defining what purpose is. So quote, purpose isn't about tapping into some mystical internal drive, but rather about creating simple beacons that focus attention and engagement on the shared goal. End quote. Right. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, that's it, great. Yeah. It's um it's really clear and I think what's interesting is that, like, you would think if you talk about purpose in an organization, that your employees, people working for you, should know, and maybe even clients of yours, they should know what it is. And yeah. that's just simply not true. So, there was a study by Inc. magazine, and they asked executives to predict the percentage of employees who could name the company's top three priorities. 64% of the executives said that employees could name them. But in reality, what was that number? Do you remember? I don't remember it, but it was low. (laughs) It was 2%. (laughs) (laughs) So I think this, like this, to me, this says restate your purpose, restate your priorities, restate your values over and over and over again. Publish them, put them on the walls, talk about them in team meetings, because if people aren't aligned with that purpose, they're going to go off course. Exactly. Right? Yeah. I mean, it...
1: it Purpose and and the kind of the the values of the organization need to be ingrained in in, employ, in employees that you know that work there and uh, not just that but you, you have to you have to show you know these these values in action because I think actionable you know metrics are what people respond to you know and I, I think back of the you know the Johnson and Johnson you know back oh, in the that early, a, yeah, a great yeah the, story. the early eighties. Uh, the Tylenol uh, mm-hmm. cyanide poisonings, yeah. and so they terrible situation. it was a terrible situation. This you know Tylenol was you know if people don't know in the early 80s there was cyanide was slipped into you know several bottles and of I
0: think one worker put it into some, yeah someone you know, they
1: actually don't know who it was um, still don't know who it was no they oh, never found out who it was um, but people people died seven people died from these cyanide poisonings and. People were like, "Oh, Tylenol's done for. Yeah. This is this is you know Johnson Johnson owns Tylenol, and they you know they're not going to recover from this. And you know the F, they Johnson Johnson was meeting with the FBI and the, the police, Chicago, Chicago police, and they're you know they're informing yeah. them hey, you need to don't recall everything. Just recall the, you from, know, the plant from the one plan from the one Chicago do, area that yeah. where we got these 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 cases from. They don't recall everything because I'll just cause mass panic, um, and I'll cost you guys." hundreds of millions of dollars well johnson and johnson the executives there you know they they you know took that advice but they said you know what our our purpose and our values was to you know they have that this 311 word tenant where it's just you know they, it's their main purpose is to the doctors and yep. to the into the people. So they said that's that's our primary focus. So mm-hmm. they recalled everything, everything. all all probably hundred
0: million dollars, hundred so, million dollars, yeah,
1: that they recalled. But that that was that was who they were as an organization. That's their that was their their purpose was mm-hmm. to serve the doctors and the, and the and the and the the nurses and you know the medical medical people and the, and then the general public itself. And it kind of transformed their business to be more of, you know, into like a product focus into more of like a safety-focused uh, organization, which I thought was just a fascinating... It's beautiful.
0: It's a beautiful... Yeah. I mean, it's a it's a sad story, but there's a silver lining in it is that they they their purpose was their right. compass. Yeah, exactly. And they knew what they needed to do. It, the decision-making is easy when you know what your purpose is. And I yeah. think that for any culture, that's what it's all about is if you're very clear about What you're meant to do as an organization, then decision making should be pretty easy. Yeah, and that that's kind of
1: kind of goes back to what I was saying about having that kind of actionable, kind of visual, kind of response to your your purpose, so that employees can see that, and not just uh, you know writing on a a wall or on a a piece of paper. Actually seeing that in action Hmm. is is means a lot more and does goes a lot you know a lot farther in your organization to kind of establish that that ingrained value set with all your employees.
0: Yeah, love it. Well, hey, this has been a fun discussion. Uh, the book is The Culture Code by Daniel Coyle. And we just touched on just, you know, yeah. <laughs> just a little bit <laughs> of the book. a lot of we stories. Did, we did cover the the three main pillars of build safety, share vulnerability, and establish purpose. But go get this book. It's a great one. I'll, I'll put a link up to it. In fact, I'll even do a giveaway for this book because I loved it so much. And I think Tyler did too. I I definitely would give it five stars out of five Five stars. stars. Yeah. Same same with Tyler. So I'm going to do a book giveaway for this. Um, Give us a review on Apple podcasts, screenshot it. I'll give it to the, I'll do random three, three drawings for it. So um, send me the review, tweet, you know, tweet at me, whatever you need to do, but um, I'll give away three books for that. So Tyler, any parting wisdom for us, buddy? What are you up to? Oh, right now we're uh,
1: focusing a lot of equity and, yeah. and compensation or kicking that up in 2019, especially with the new Oregon Equal Pay Act and, yeah. and the Washington Pay Act too. As I well.
0: think a lot of states are going to start. Well, we'll talk about that in yeah. another podcast because <laughs> there's so much meat on the bone there. But I think a lot of states will probably start adopting that oh, yeah. equal pay I, stuff. California will be right down. Yeah. Yep. So you're doing a lot of a data analysis right exactly. now. Exactly. So yeah. Yep. Cool. <laughs> well, thanks for coming on the podcast. Great you're to... on Twitter and LinkedIn. Yes. Okay. Mavison is your Twitter handle. Yep. And then uh, LinkedIn, search for Tyler Mavison. I'll put links up in the show notes. Thanks for joining us for the podcast today. You can follow me on Instagram and LinkedIn and Twitter and all those places. Um, Thanks for listening today and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Human Resources for Small Business Podcast. Subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out our blog at www.zeniumhr.com forward slash blog and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn to hear about the latest in HR and leadership. The information on today's episode is for educational purposes only and should not be taken as legal or customized advice for you or your organization. This podcast is hosted and fully produced by Brandon Laws, that's me, and created and owned by Zenium Resources, Inc. For more information or to contact us, visit www.zeniumhr.com.